49ers. I didn't even know about the new overtime, uh, playoff overtime rule, so it was a surprise to me. You know what? I didn't even realize that the the playoff rules were different in overtime, so I I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win, but I guess that's not the case. Um, so I don't really – I don't totally know the strategy there. No. No, we haven't talked about it, no. Chiefs. No, we, we were going for two. I don't know if Coach Reed wants me telling everybody, but we would have went for two for sure. Yeah, that would be that'd be something. I I just asked that to our to, to this guy right here, <laughs> Ted. Um, I said, has anybody won it three times? And uh, he goes, no. I said, all right. I mean, you know, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, we've got we've got great competition in our in the AFC West. Um, we just had some hirings, coaching hirings, and these guys are good football coaches, well, good quarterbacks, good teams. And so it's not going to just be easy. That's not how this thing rolls. Uh, we'll have changeover on our team, which every team has, so you don't know what's there. There's a, there's a whole lot of unexpected. And, you know, we'll just, you, you got to keep battling through it, have a good offseason, and then, uh, you know, good training camp. and. And then that ball's shaped kind of funny, so it's got to bounce for you in the right direction. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We have former Chiefs wide receiver Mark Borichter in studio. Mark, good morning. How are you? Disappointed this morning. I thought the Chiefs would put up 30 on Sunday. That's right. <laughs> I did. That's what I said. But I'm really not disappointed <laughs> at all. They put up enough. They put up enough. So That's exactly right. Let's piggyback on some of those comments we just heard. Uh, in in Jake's excellent intro, look, I've heard some people try to dismiss this. Oh, it's it's just not a big deal. Uh, you know, people are focused too much on this or criticizing Shanahan too much. And the four to forty nine ers coach said, "No, no, they're not criticizing him too much because it came into play, and it may have affected it, it affected the game." And I'm talking about grasping the new overtime rule and grasping the postseason overtime rule. It's and I've heard other people say, well, well I didn't know what it was either. Are you on the 49ers coaching staff? <laughs> I don't care if you didn't realize it. There are a lot of people, a lot of people at watch parties that didn't know what they were talking about. Mark, <laughs> I saw you highlight some of them. Yes. Um there was uh, let, let me look, let's get into this first, okay? For the casual fan out there, okay, it doesn't matter if you know or not. Exactly, it's not and your I, job. And I will say this: that <laughs> but, I was, but, no. By the way, by the way, the referee did explain the rule. Yeah, right. I know. I was, I, was I, nobody I, listening? Right. I, I, I don't think refer, so. The referee, no. for sure, before the coin flip, laid it out. Okay, here's how it's going to go. Both teams are going to get <laughs> right. the ball, and no matter what. Both teams are going to get a chance to score right. the ball. And it's real simple. And, it's, and, and we yeah. just continue the game. Yeah. And I had a couple people, and look, my wife loves football, but she doesn't know all the intricacies and all the rules. And so I'm in, in my daughters, you know, my sons do whatever. But even like, I, hey, I look, remember after the 13 second game, they changed the rule. Both teams get a crack at this, so it's not you know first you know, the first team goes down and scores a touchdown. The game's still going, and so you know yes, and they were talking about it. But again, it's okay if you're a football a casual fan, casual fan, yes, watch and didn't know. I'll okay, see. it's not okay. <laughs> 
if you work for or play for the San Francisco 49ers. It's, it's not okay. You should know. And so this is an article from The Ringer. Okay? The Chiefs' overtime plan worked out exactly how they had hoped, and it wasn't by accident. Safety Justin Reed told The Ringer that the Chiefs had first discussed the new overtime rules as far back as training camp. Defensive lineman Chris Jones said players were prepared for what to expect if the Super Bowl went to overtime. We talked through this for two weeks, Jones said, how we was going to give the ball to the opponent. If they scored, we were going to go for two at the end of the game. We rehearsed it. The 49ers did not do the same. Multiple 49ers players said after the game that they were not aware that the overtime rules are different in the playoffs than they are in the regular season, and strategy discussions over how to handle the overtime period did not occur as a team. Defensive lineman Eric Armstead said he learned the details of the postseason rule when it was shown on the Allegiant Stadium Jumbotron during a TV timeout after regulation. Fullback Kyle Juszczyk said he assumed the 49ers asked to receive when they won the toss because that's what you do in the regular season when a touchdown wins a game. I guess that's not the case. I don't really know the strategy, he said. Oh, what? Jude Tranquil. We had an OT rules presentation and strategy meeting every week of the playoffs and twice in our Super Bowl prep. <laughs> that is a depancing of the 49ers coaching staff. Yes. Yep. You 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 yes. can't you you can't explain that away. One team, all the players are telling you, yeah, we started talking about it in training camp. We had a not a mention, a presentation of it every week of the playoffs, including twice before the Super Bowl, and in practice we rehearsed it. Forty nine players. There was one. What? Well, I found out on the scoreboard. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to explain Mark. I'm gonna try to explain this to quote casual fans out there, right? Like I do understand that there are a lot of people, casual fans, that didn't get also that, you know, we're screaming for timeouts to happen, different things, you know, that the clock was going down when the Chiefs scored. Like if they didn't score there, they're just gonna turn around and go to the other end of the field, by the way. Just it was like, like the end, end, of end, end of a quarter. Right. So I understand fans maybe not get that. But I'll say this, and I put this out there at, right as the coin toss happened. Like, why would you not want to give the Chiefs the ball first? Why would you not want to be on defense first? And I'll tell you why. Everybody trying to defend this out there in the universe yesterday is wrong. Is that as a football coach, and number one, you need to prepare your team for everything to begin with. Okay, That's, that's the first critical error there of the Niners. The second piece is this. As a football coach, I want to give myself all the control I have in terms of making decisions in the course of the game. Okay? Basketball coaches are this way. Any coach, really. Ultimately, you want to be in control as much as you can of the decisions that go on through the course of the game. By taking the football there, you just took away your power of decision-making no matter what happens throughout the rest of the, the piece. Because 
Best case scenario, you're the 49ers. You go to them and score a touchdown. Well, guess what? Now the Chiefs know exactly what they have to do in order to win a game, right? So if you get a third and 12 situation, uh, you know you're going forward on fourth down, and right? They get forward and down the Chiefs territory. had an opportunity with, right. with fourth and short. They had to go for it. Right? On things. It Which you knew. It, it makes it harder to defend because they're four down territory the whole way down. The exactly. Field. Your play calls, you know, if you get a third and long, you're like, we still have two downs here, right, to get this first down. Remember they had a second and 14. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Like those types of situations. And then I know Patrick Mahomes was joking about this after the game or yesterday morning, I think it was, when he was like, I don't know if Coach wants me to say this, but we were going to go for two. They, 100%. I don't think there's anybody in the universe that didn't think the Chiefs were going to go not go for two. Chris Jones just said it, too, in that article. Yeah. yeah. He said like, we rehearsed it. We knew what the are You're going to go down. Was. Why are you – if you score – if the Chiefs go down and score a touchdown and, and, you know, the extra point ties the game – I'm letting my cojones hang and say we can get three yards to win the Super Bowl, right? And if you don't do that, you're going to be absolutely fine without it. <laughs> so, like... Let them hang. It's, it's Much like Marcus Peters, you're going to let them nuts yes, hang, bro. Yes, yes. But I, but, Good balls. But the other oh, portion of it... Good balls. That's right, Gunther. Is this, and this is the part that... that I, I'm convinced that Fred Warner, when he went out there for the coin toss, they won the toss, he said, we want the ball. I don't think he knew the rule either. I don't. You think Shanahan's just covering for him? I think him? Shanahan's covering for him, and I'll tell you why. Because Shanahan's explanation was, we felt comfortable in that situation that we were going to get the ball back in a third possession. Okay? okay? It turns out there wasn't going to be a third Here's possession. Here's the thing. You don't make that it. decision because you got to get to the third possession first, yeah. right? Yeah. That's and good. second of all, with that, the Chiefs at the end of regulation in a minute and 57 just went 75 yards on you to kick a field goal to tie the game to get to overtime. Play, play Shanahan's explanation. This is something we talked about. With none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys, and we just had to be better. We wanted the ball third. The both teams matched and scored. We wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win and got that field goal. So we knew we had to hold them to at least a field goal. And if we did, then we thought it was in our hands after that. But, and here's the deal. And, and I mean, the only defense of this is like, honestly, like, look, the Niners could have stopped the Chiefs right, and they win the game, and then we're not talking about the situation. Mm-hmm. But. They didn't. And that's the whole point of this is like, and did it ultimately cost the, the Niners the game? I, you know, well, yes, I guess it did because the Chiefs went down and scored and knew what they had to do, right? And scored a touchdown. But the reasoning behind the entire decision is the problem you should have if you're a 49ers fan. You weren't prepared. He, he, he's, he, you were not prepared. He's talking about doing this. You mean things had to happen for them to get to that third possession? Instead of just what's right in front of you, yeah, and the common sense of it. Like I'll say, I'll say this. Like I, I was critical when Harrison Buck when they kicked the fifty-seven yard field goal on what was it fourth and six? I think at that point, like you kicked a the Chiefs kicked a field goal to basically stay down four points, right? And I was like, at that point in the game, when not a whole lot has gone right for the Chiefs and stuff, I was like, this is not a very good decision. I didn't think it was. I thought the Chiefs should have went for it. That was cool with exactly. You know what? It ended up working out. Yeah. You know why it worked out? Because they blocked an extra point. Yeah, yeah. I it, just I feel like they need a point right there. But but the the most damning thing about this, which shows they didn't think this through, is there was in his scenario there was never going to be a third possession. No, it wasn't going to happen. No, the Chiefs were going to go for two. Yeah. 
the I, Chiefs, I, Chiefs were because you because you know after if, if if the 49ers score a touchdown and the Chiefs score a touchdown, and you get down there, the Chiefs know. Okay, if we just kick the extra point, now it's sudden death. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the Niners can That's end exactly it with a field goal. That's exactly and they're not going to take as much as they trust the defense. They're not going to take that chance. No, not at all. Because all they need to field goal. So the Chiefs are going to go out there and try to win it with a two point conversion. And so this imaginary scenario that Shanahan was playing for, was strategizing for, was it didn't exist. And again, well, and again could, with that, you want to have control of that decision, yeah. right? And the Chiefs, what you're just saying, Stephen would have gone for two because now I have control of what happens. Now, we still have to execute, right? But I had control of that game situation. If I kick an extra point there to what you said, now it's sudden death, and now I'm giving the Niners all the power in terms of their decision-making. It, it could have existed if they both kicked field goals. If they hold the Chiefs to a field goal. Then the Chiefs are kicking a field goal? I mean, I, I think that it would have to be th- third and long, you know, third and medium to third, four, four, fourth four, and four. medium, yeah. fourth and long for them to do it. But because because they know it's sudden death after that, they're going to be much more incentivized to go for it on fourth down. It would have to, to be a very there. special set of circumstances yeah. for them to kick yeah. the field goal, just but like they're unwilling to just kick the extra point. I think, you know, you could debate decisions. You know, I'm sure there's analytics crowd out there. If there really were analytics that, that suggest they should do it, that, that'll argue they made the right call, whatever. You can debate that stuff. What you can't debate is, by their own admission, one team <laughs> understood the rules, the whole team, and one team hadn't discussed it as a group. That's all you need to know. That that is that right? There's they no dis- debate they about that. They didn't discuss it. They had multiple presentations, 100%. and they rehearsed it in practice. It, it's versus not mentioning it at all. It blows it's, it's, my it's, mind it's, how many times you see in professional if sports. I'm, if I'm John Lynch or Jed, you're like, okay, now why, what 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 happened here? Why didn't you? I, I think well, the why? biggest indictment is you have two players, a minimum of two players, after the game publicly saying they didn't know the rules. And that they didn't talk about it. Yes. Did you yes. guys talk about it? No. Yeah. yeah. And and on the flip side, not only did the other team talk about it, they had meetings about it. They had presentations I, I, about it. Good <laughs> coaches, and I don't care at what level, right? Good to great coaches at, at, at any level. And I'll just say from high school on up, because let's not count youth sports in this, right, on that side of things. No, but, we count third grade in this. Come on, let's go. <laughs> but, but, but the you have to rep game-like situations, okay? Now, sometimes you don't have, quote, time to do that every single week, okay, on certain things. But you have to have situational periods in your practices, whether it's basketball and you're like, okay, um, at the college level, because you got a shot clock, here's, you know, the shot clock's off here. We're playing for one. You know, what are our plays that we're going to go to that we know it's going to happen in certain situations? Whether it's in vol- whatever the situation may be, right? Like, you have to practice those types of situations. Now, again, you may not rep this over postseason overtime situation the entire year on things, but you better, you better believe you're repping overtime situations. It's, like, no different than any – other team that has a, a quote two minute or hurry up offense situation every sing, every single week in practice, right? Like it's it's not game quote game like, but you have to rep it so you know what you're doing in those situations. As coaches, you have to sit back and go, okay, this is an odd situation that could happen in this game. What would we do if this happened, right? So you've at least talked about it, or ha- you may have to take a timeout and you know take a pause for a second and do all that. But you've got to go through it. And we're talking at the highest level of sports 
in the biggest game in the entire world with 125 million people watching and you don't know the stinking rules and haven't prepared for it? Like, that. that's what that's what 49ers fans should be pissed about. And the Chiefs know it's not that obscure because they've played in two AFC championship games that went to overtime yeah. and, by the and way, lost. And the rule got changed because of the 13-second game. And on top of that, okay, if you want to say, well... You know, the, the, the 49ers have so much to work on, and Shanahan knows that it's, you know, the, the chances of this Super Bowl going to overtime are so small because there's only been one Super Bowl in the history of the NFL to go to overtime. What Super Bowl was that? Oh, it was the freaking Patriots and Falcons, and he was the offensive coordinator. He took part in the only other Super Bowl that went to overtime. So if anyone should know that a Super Bowl might go to overtime. Maybe it's the guy that was the offensive coordinator on the losing team of that Super Bowl. That's what's unbelievable to me. I, I, there was I, only I, other, one other Super Bowl that went to overtime, and he was part of it. By the way, can we also just Nick's laughing about that, right? Can we also it's just, like he was part of it. Can we thank the Buffalo Bills organization one more time, okay, by the way, on this? Because not only did the Chiefs trade with Buffalo to move up to get Patrick Mahomes, all right, after the game against the Kansas City Chiefs where Josh Allen didn't possess the ball, Buffalo puts in to get the rule right. changed. The rule change happens, and now all of a sudden the Chiefs are beneficiaries of that again, too. And, and how are they like, going to change this rule that's now? beautiful. You see Tiki Barber? Now he's, he, he's, he said this, this is why the Chiefs uh, won. Are you, are but you, it didn't matter because it was a field goal. The 49ers kicked the field goal. That was already the rule in the past. Also, if you if you they still would have got the ball here's back. The, here's the other here's the other piece of the that old, too. I know you're talking yeah, about. Yes, yes. Here, here, here's the other portion of this too. Where if you're a Niners fan looking at this, I just said they it had to you. what fourth and six. Was it fourth and five or fourth and six when they kicked that field goal? Right. The, the Niners? Like if you're gonna yes, if you're yeah. gonna take the football in that situation, I think it was still fourth and four because on the third and yeah, four it was, it, was short, yeah. it was fourth and medium or fourth yeah, and short, right? Third, third and four the nine when they had the incompletion. Yeah. If you are in that situation and you're a Niners fan and you and you if you're Kyle Shanahan said we're gonna take the football because we want to get to the third in his thought process to get to the third possession. Okay, we're gonna kick a field goal. We'll hold the Chiefs to a field goal, right? Yeah. But but you should be aggressive even more so in that situation to go try to score a touchdown. And let me tell you this. If you go back and watch that, look at the players on the 49ers sideline after they had to kick that football to Pat to the Chiefs of Patrick Mahomes after settling for the field goal. They knew. They knew it. They had the, they had the, what was, they had the heads down in the towel like it they already their lost. Oh God moment. Yeah. Oh God. Oh God. Cause oh, at that oh moment, God. exactly right. There you go. At that moment, oh God. He has the ball. The clock doesn't matter. It was inevitable. Right, because the only thing that stopped the Chiefs from winning the game at the end of regulation was the clock. Yeah. They didn't have enough time. Which I was okay? fine with them, by the way, right. with six seconds yes. to go. Right. Even, though wasn't enough time. Time. Even though you had a timeout. Because Don't F with that's that. A, that's man. an interesting situation, too, where you sit there and go, okay, you no. do have time, technically, Risk to try to run and throw it. But I don't want to risk at that moment when an opportunity to tie the game and send it to overtime, we could win it. With all the momentum. Somebody getting right. tackled in the flat or he gets held up because you know they're not going to throw him all the way to the ground or Creed Humphrey worm burns another Listen, snap back there. Type just of go back to the end of the AFC Championship yep. loss to Cincinnati yep. at the end of the half. Yep. They learn their lesson. Sometimes yep. you have to have, have a terrible loss to learn from it so it never happens again. 
you give the ball to Mahomes, and in his mind he knows, I score a touchdown and I win the Super Bowl, and time does not matter. Mm -hmm. That drive could have taken 17 minutes, and it didn't matter because those were the rules, because the Chiefs knew the rules and knew that at the end of the period, it would just be like the end of a quarter, and they would continue, just go to the other end of the field. All right? They knew the rules, and so time was not a factor. Nothing was a factor except Mahomes getting ready to cut your heart out. And that's why it was a bad decision by Shanahan. And so listen, So now, here's, here's what it is. People don't want the Chiefs to win. Right. Yeah. And so now, they, they didn't like the other rule. When the Chiefs lost because of that rule in the AFC Championship here's game cool. to cool. the Patriots. Way to go, Tom. And Tom Brady, they just had to swallow that bitter pill. And like I said, with the end of the AFC Championship yeah. game, they had to learn from it. And they and it made them better and made them stronger. When it happened to the Bills, oh my God, Josh Allen didn't get a chance to get the ball. Screw it, if Mahomes didn't get a chance to get the ball in the championship, Josh Allen didn't get a chance to get the ball. We can't have. Let's change the rules. Thanks, Buffalo. Thanks for helping us out. Like you said, thanks for trading up, letting us trade up in your spot to take Mahomes, so he could absolutely take your soul for the rest of your existence. Thanks for changing this rule and helping Bills. the Chiefs win another championship. Good Buffalo. Now Bills. go throw yourself to another table and set it on fire Bills. or whatever you do. That's great. Now let's listen to for some reason Tiki Barber. Now <laughs> well, he, he wants rules changed. They all the Chiefs yeah. win. What rule can we change now? Let's hear it. The new NFL overtime rule in the playoffs is nonsense. Oh, it's absolute nonsense. Really? Okay. To make the clock mean nothing is nonsense. So you think the clock should have ended the game? The clock has to end the game. I understand why they do it this way because you want to be fair. But it takes all urgency out of football. Some of the greatest moments in the NFL. It's end of half Hail Marys mm-hmm. or end of half urgency to get a f- get in the field goal position. We've got to move the ball 40 yards, get to the 35-yard line, run the kicker out there, kick a field goal. We go into halftime. We have momentum. That's urgency. Why? Because there's a clock ticking down. Let's think about the end of game. You get into overtime in the playoffs, and you take all of that and you just throw it away. Mm. All right, you're guaranteed a possession. If your possession takes, you know, 22 minutes, good luck, right? Because guess what? The other team's going to get a possession, too. The clock has no purpose. Right. Like, I hate that. Because football, in my mind, is it's competing against the component, uh, the opponent, but it's also competing against, like, these forces that constrain you, right? And it's the field, it's the, it's the officials, and it's the clock, in overtime in the in the NFL playoffs, they have neutered the clock, and it makes no sense to me. I would like someone to neuter you. Do you know what? I don't, I don't. What? Okay, let me ask you a question. So then, what? So then, what happens then if the Chiefs get stopped and they kick a field goal to tie it, the Super Bowl tie? Coach champs. Over. Coach champs. Well, the two champs. Yeah. But you see. I guess what is he talking about? Well, if you to go to another overtime it's period, it's not either team possesses. You just play one entire overtime period with the clock, I, and then you go to the next one. Like the, I don't know what he's talking yeah, about. He didn't, he didn't present a different idea. Yeah. He just said that, that, that the clock is ruining it. it. Here's the thing: if 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 what he wants, I mean, what I hear there is okay. Let's make the time actually matter at the end of the first the first period of overtime. The Chiefs only have that much time to equalize the score 
or to go ahead. Cool, they scored. And if they do, it goes to an extra overtime. They yeah. did. If, yeah. if the Chiefs, if the Chiefs, if that were the rules, the Chiefs would have managed the clock entirely differently the down Chiefs the stretch. Still won, they still right? did my, it. My, well, yeah. My point is, and they did. So I don't know. He might just be bitching about the rules, yeah. not saying because he, the Chiefs or he who just won didn't want the Chiefs to win. Or, or if um, you change the rule to, oh, we're going to do a whole new game. This is the, the first deal. quarter. Second Tell quarter. the Chiefs what the rules are. Yeah. They will learn those rules there and they'll be. Did the Chiefs have any? Did the Chiefs have any timeouts left? They had all kinds of timeouts. Yes, they, they managed had two timeouts. Yeah. They, they, that, they would have called timeouts. Some people. Were I don't really have any issue with Tiki Barber says there. <laughs> That's fine because that has nothing to do with whether or not the Chiefs won. The Chiefs going to win that game if the clock mattered. They would have managed the clock differently. But and they would have won the game. The point. Yeah. That if if, so, if something beats the Chiefs. Nobody cares, but if somehow the Chiefs, well, all these rules got to be changed. Yeah. Uh, ridiculous. All right, can you Take possibly? The neutering, neutering the clock. Oh, God, oh, yeah, God, neutering the clock here. Well, it's one of the most underrated parts of what Andy Reid does as a coach because you don't get to see it out in the public. When people talk about coaching, they love to get into what like what a brilliant X's and O's guy, and obviously he's one of the most brilliant X's and O's guys in the history of the NFL. That part matters a lot. But you know this, Mark. I'm not. I mean, you, you were a part of it. Football is a game of logistics. Mm-hmm. It's a massive operation. You're not like in basketball where you got 15 guys and that's it in a small little group. You got 53 guys, all these position coaches, all this stuff, and you got to maximize the time you have. You only have the, the same 24 hours, you know, each day that everybody else has. How much crap can you get done? How many things can you be prepared for? How much can you get installed? And the fact that the Chiefs, Andy Reid is so good at that. How much gets done in training camp? We heard that from Drew Tranquil a bunch this year. But why is he so good at that? Because he's learned, right? Because right. he did have a quarterback. Yes. He did have a quarterback. Who didn't know. Who didn't know. Yes, he did. He I didn't know you could end in a tie. Right. <laughs> don't, you think, don't you think Andy Reid had that happen to be like, that's never happened holy again. crap, what did I do wrong? How's my quarterback know that there's not a tie? And, and, that, and that's also why, I mean, now, again, Shanahan has to wear this. That's why I made the point the other day. Shanahan... In ten years, right, can be the best coach in the NFL. Yeah, after after going through all of these horrible things, I right? said this on the pregame show on Sunday, right toward the end of it. But I was like, Kyle Shanahan now has been in two Super Bowl, two Super Bowls, and an NFC Championship game. Right, like he right now, early on in his head coaching career, is mirroring Andy Reid a little bit in Philadelphia, a little bit because he still has three of. The worst losses. Well, he does. Yes, but I'm, what, what I'm saying is, though, like good coaches and, and coaches that end up becoming great learn from these situations. Yeah. You're exactly right, Jake. I, I'm glad you brought that up about the Donald McNabb thing, because there's. I think there's other times where this is the important piece of this too. You can talk to your players about situations again, back at the high school level, college level, whatever. But how many times do you talk to them about those situations, too, right? It, it has to be repetitious, too. And is it just a rules guy coming in and giving them a boring speech for 45 minutes that they sleep yes, through? Or is yes. it being interactive? Yeah. And is it going? Here's what we're pla- our plan is in this situation. Is it going in situation? one ear and out the other? Yeah. Right? Because uh, – and, and then they have to retain that information. And that scenario in the National Football – I know we're talking about postseason stuff, but any other scenario in a game, like I was t- saying earlier, it could be a weird situation – May not happen until week fifteen, you know. And you've talked about it in training camp. It's can you recall that? So I think it's a continual education process. I think where Andy Reid and this staff is so good, and they talked about going for two, as you mentioned, because then it goes into sudden death. You have your guys all prepared. It's no different than you're in a drive and in the course of a game, 
and you're going, okay, we're in four-down territory here, right? You're, like, you're telling your offense potentially, hey, be prepared for us to go for this on fourth down. It, it could be fourth and ten. It could be fourth and five. Who knows? But we're, we, we're planning on possible. We might be going. We may not, but we might be going for it here on fourth down. That gets those guys locked into that mentality that that you understand that, okay, play calling-wise, I'm going to have two extra play. Like all these little scenarios happen as a course of as the, as the, as the game goes along. But, again, you have to prepare for all those. And, but good coaches will learn from these types of mistakes. We're just seeing it magnified at the largest scale on the largest stage right now. Andy, as a head coach, had to lose four AFC cha- four NFC Championship games, an AFC Championship game, and a Super Bowl before he won his first Super Bowl. Think oh, about oh, yeah, that. Before, before. Yeah, think about that, though. Mm-hmm. Think about that heartbreak. Four NFC Championship games, three of them at home, and a Super Bowl, and then another home AFC, AFC Championship game in overtime, right? Yeah. Before he finally broke through and won. And so, How it, many things did he learn from all those right. failures? And how many mistakes did he make? Terrible well, clock manager, well, remember that? Right? Yeah. That's all we heard. And so that's why on yesterday I said, hey, look. Kyle Shanahan's making a lot of, you know, mistakes in crucial situations. His, 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 his resistance to run the football when he was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons up 28-3, and now it's happened twice in the Super Bowl. But, I mean, like I tell you, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he wins one or two over the next 10 or 15 years. Now, it would help him if he didn't go up against the Chiefs. Yeah. Help him if he went up against somebody else. But, I mean, you sometimes you just have to go through terrible losses and unbelievable heartbreak to break through. Now, there's a chance he may never get back, of course. Do you think his team will ever not know the overtime rules again? Oh, they'll, they'll, they'll know them better than anyone else. They should. <laughs> right? Right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's the point. Sometimes you have to go through just horrible minutes. And, and, and you know he's beating himself up over it. Oh, yeah. But also what you know is, guess what? He's a you know we, we, people are mocking him and everything else. He's a hell of a coach, really good coach. <laughs> he's a hell of a coordinator and hell of a coach. He's already had the, he's 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 had Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. And that's why it's important. I hate when we tear down the opposition like it's nothing because the Chiefs, the Chiefs went through the gauntlet, baby. That was not easy no. to go to Buffalo and win. There was a point in this first half of this game, I'll just say this, that I got several texts from my daughter who goes to, goes to the University of Nebraska that was like, WTF is let us go in on right now. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and my response to her was, there's a lot of game left. Yeah. Right? I was more calm watching this Super Bowl than I have been ever. But they had to go through hell. They did. And you got a Baltimore. And, and where they had to go hell to, to beat San and where, and where I'm going with this is that if the Chiefs had lost that game, right, and not – based on the overtime or anything else, based on how that game was going for a while, that if the Niners would have won, I'd have tipped my cap to Kyle Shanahan because this was a roller coaster of a year for the Kansas State Chiefs. A lot of people didn't expect him to even be close to this game, right? And then you were going up against the number one seed in the NFC who's been arguably the best team in the National Football League all year long. You'd have tipped your cap, to your point. Right. That's exactly right. You know, I mean... It's like a great fighter going up against a, a, a worthy adversary. Like when Duran and Leonard and Hagler and Hearns, the four kings, all fought each other. 
and they all elevated each other. They were great because the others were great, and the competition was great. The Chiefs went through hell to get the Super Bowl. Everyone is saying, whatever you base it on, this was the toughest road to get to a championship. It was. Think about it. And they did it. And that's and, and, and guess what? Buffalo, any other year, Buffalo and the Ravens and San Francisco were good enough to win a championship. But not this year and not against this team. We'll take a break. Back after this on WHB. First and go at the three. Lining up in the clock at 10 seconds and ticking. In the shotgun, Mahomes. Four-man front. Receiver in motion. Low snap. He runs and he throws. Caught. Touchdown. It's caught. Hardman caught the ball. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won. The entire bench empties. Chasing Mahomes in the end zone. Their third Super Bowl in five years. The Chiefs are back-to-back Super Bowl champions. I got to be open, you know. I caught the ball and, and uh, I blacked out, man. I forgot that we actually won the game. Nicole <laughs> and Chris, congratulations on those rings. Oh, oh, you got a buddy that's uh, attacking the set here. Patrick Mahomes. Can I tell a quick funny story? Please. <laughs> I threw a touchdown to this dude at the end of the game. And he looked at me, I said, and he had no idea. I said, dude, we just won the Super Bowl. And he, 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 he blacked out. He had no idea. I was like, no, he, he didn't even celebrate at the beginning. Welcome back to the show. Steve listened to the show, just uh, tweeted in. Love the Mark Boerichter segment. So thank you, Steve, for listening. We appreciate it. Also, uh, Z Money KSU. Mark Hart. Based on earlier comments, we were going to ask, will you, will you officially call yourself during the segment Mark Hardman in honor of Mikol Hardman? Scoring. Well, by the way, what was it? What was uh, for any time touchdown for Harmon? Do you remember what was the number on that? I don't. I didn't. I wasn't on. That. You know what? And I'm gonna tell you what. My long I'm shot. so stupid. <laughs> that should have been a long shot because the last time the Chiefs played the 49ers, he scored three of them. Yeah. And I just, I, I should have just, just for the hell of it. But we've discussed Harmon quite a bit, right? Yeah. And the funniest thing We're about, about it is, I receive score a lot. But but remember. When we had just the fun question in the playoffs, yep. who do you trust more to catch a long pass? Yep. MVS or McCall Hardman? It turned out the answer was both. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't even know. I'll just, I'll just say this and throw this out there to you guys. You guys know this. We've talked about this a ton. I've been saying for several weeks now. I was This entire year I've defended this receiving core until like they were dropping a lot more balls in November, December. But I said – it's not going to change, right? The receiving core is not going to change. At some point, these guys are going to have to make a play when they're called upon. And I've specifically said this. You don't need them to have five catches in a game. You need Justin Watson to come up with two or three catches. You need Noah Gray to have two or three catches. Uh, a catch here or there that moves the chains, gets a first down, is a play, ends up being a big play in the postseason, and both of those guys, when their numbers were called in the postseason, did exactly what they needed to do, and that's catch the football and make a play. Two guys were removed from the equation. Kadarius Tony yes. and Sky Moore. Yes, but the guys that were left. Right, right. right. I'm talking, and we started I'm talking good. about this. Those guys, the receiving core was what it was after 
Sky Moore was on IR and Kadarius Tony was doing whatever they're having him do after the Patriots game. <laughs> By the way, on a personal note, I sent you guys. I did very well with DraftKings Sportsbook uh, in this game, but there was one parlay that I missed on. I was very disappointed in myself. I, it was uh, Noah Gray over on the catches, Noah Gray over on yards, MBS over on yards, and the fourth leg was uh, Clyde over rushing yards, over six and a half, and he Ooh. didn't come through. And that was very painful for me. But I, like you mentioned Noah Gray, the couple spots, Watson, couple, and they all chipped in a little bit. Um, and it was, uh, but but still, that long catch by McCormick and then the, the touchdown, like, he was with the Jets. And then the Plus 1,100 any time touchdown. Oh, really? Plus 1,100. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, right. it's, it's just a great story, though. It is, but I'll, I'll go back to this, too. You got to rely on the experience of those guys in the biggest games, right? Both of those guys were on this roster a year ago, played in, in the Super Bowl, and they're far more accomplished than than Kadarius yes, Tony or Sam Yes, Morgan and Davis. and uh, look, I, I know I've been on McCall Hartman. A lot of people think I hate him. I don't. I've said this before. I think he's a good football player, right? He's just not going to go get the ball in certain situations in contested catches. And I'll point to his big catch, the fifty-eight yard or whatever. Like he'll slow down again, and the ball landed in his lap. Mahomes threw an absolute dime to him. 58 yards. And I'm not apologizing for him catching the football. It's fantastic. I, I, I love every part of that. Um, when you need to make a play, and, you know, he's going to get all the credit in the world for, for catching the touchdown pass to win the game. But the reality of the situation is, is that was all scheme. <laughs> okay? That was all scheme. They ran basically a version of the play they ran a year ago. And if you want to go back and watch that play, watch Travis Kelsey on this play, the last play of the game. He takes kind of an outside release, comes back up inside his guy, and literally walks across the goal line because he knows they've got him outflanked. He literally is standing straight up and down. He's watching the video. Board, he is standing straight up and down. He knows it's over because of the scheme and and what they did. And again, I'm not taking anything away from McCole Harmon on this piece. I'm just saying what the reality situation is. But he caught the football in the situation where they needed him to catch the football. A big 58 yard, you know ball down the field earlier in the game, makes the play when he needs to, and then the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. I was saying to my son after the game, I said, you know, it's it's just so perfectly Kansas City Chiefs that McCole Hardman caught that touchdown pass, uh, and he's like, what does that mean? Why, why is that so Chiefs? So trying to explain the whole situation to him. And that's what we said, like, when the, when the stuff happened with the IG post from Kadarius Tony, I said, if you have a problem with Big Red as a player – you have a problem with you <laughs> yeah. because he has shown he will give you chance after chance, right? He will show faith in you. He will. How many times through the course of this year do we have a former Chiefs player say, Marty would have cut him. Yep. Marty would have cut MBS. Marty would have cut Tony. Mar- you know, and like, Nicole Hartman, how many, I mean, shoot the AFC Championship game against the Bills when he muffed that punt. Yep. They go right back to him and he makes a big play, scores a touchdown, yeah. you know? Like, they, they, Andy Reid will... And he has established a culture where they will continue to give you chances. If you got a problem with Big Red as a player, you got a problem with you. But, <laughs> so, and, and Jake, you're, you you got to win on this too because these are the times where we just gloss over things and we take it for granted. And I need to pause because we're talking about that play. Can we talk about Patrick Mahomes 
throwing that football, it traveled 58.2 yards in the air. That's his third longest pass of his career, according to Next Gen Stats, and his longest since week 12 of 2020. It went 58.2 yards in the air while he was rolling left, and he threw it yes. Yes. right on a dime. As you said, it landed in his lap through two defenders. He, he was going left, and he... Yeah. It's it's what we're seeing. I mean, like, yeah. I'm looking at the next gen. Yeah. Even, like, in a cartoon, it doesn't look right. Like, wait a minute, there's something wrong. That's not right. Yeah, you don't And then that. you look like, what? And what? And by the way, on that on that next gen stats, do you see the wide open Travis Kelsey running down the field? Oh, right. and, yeah. and his Kelsey reaction, like he's all mad, and uh, then he's yeah. like, "Yeah, oh, all right." <laughs> yeah. But it's just like it's, oh, yeah. it's not like yeah. It's just not the length of the pass, Mark. Like you said, the accuracy. Yeah. yeah. It, what the what, what, what every the game? Hell? And I've said this for a long time now since Patrick Mahomes has been here. Every game, he makes a throw. That my jaw just drops. Like, how did he just do that? He's right? revolutionizing whether, the position. Whether it's a sidearm ball, what, around then, a guy, or whatever. Like physics. And no. and all, I, I, I that play again. He threw it. It was an absolute dime to McCoy in his lap. Like if you're playing mad, like that's stupid. A quarterback can't do yeah. that. When when he first started playing, there were multiple times where I I would yell at my wife, "You got to come in here and see this." What Mahomes just did something I've never seen before. Well, you just said that five minutes ago. Well, he yeah. did it again. Yeah, like, I'll tell you he... something. Over my life, I've tried that with my wife many times, and she's yet to come in the other room. Right, right. Susan, come on, yeah, you gotta come and see this. Come like, see this. Yeah, I fell for that yeah. one before. Thanks. But it's what we talk about all the accomplishments he's had at 28 years old. No quarterback has come close to this number of accomplishments no. by 28. The no. only question that's left is how long can he do it? Because if he can do it for long enough, he's going to pass Tom Brady. I mean, that's how good he's been. We just don't know if he'll do it that long. And, and the reason why is because what you have in Patrick Mahomes is a guy who is as competitive as Tom Brady, is as prepared as Tom Brady, is as good of a leader as Tom Brady, and as physically gifted as any man who's ever played the position. Mm-hmm. Like like Aaron Rodgers-type physical gifts. Even better, maybe. It's it's the combination of the physical and the mental that no one's... There's never been somebody that could do that yeah. had all of that. Yeah. The entire combination is there. If you're going to build a quarterback from a physical specimen perspective, you know, um, the mentality, the smarts... And that mentality is that competitive mentality, not just the smarts. The smarts, yeah, not just the decision making when you get correct, blitzed, correct. But yes. how hard he's going to work the in the offseason, yes, all that the, stuff. The willingness to do all those types of things, um, and then the arm talent on, on top of that. And again, you put weapons around him. Um, you know, again, this receiving core was basically the same receiving core they had a year ago. It really was. Rasheed Rice took over for Juju Smith-Schuster. Exactly the same. And when it, they needed to put it together the most, they did. And it's one of those things, like I've said this, never get, never bet against Pat. Like until <laughs> there's going to be a time when it doesn't, he doesn't yeah, get it sure. done. That's sure. going to happen. The odds are going to be in the favor of that happening at some point. But until it does right now, there's no way to go around that. Somebody just said they kind of wish the Niners would have scored a touchdown to be start overtime. And to see them all run out on the field and celebrate like the game was over. <laughs> it would have happened. There, there, there wouldn't have been players doing that. 
<laughs> Touchdowns, you're ah. You know, throwing the helmet in the air and everything else. I mean, right? They did, did what happened, and then they would have lost. We'll uh, take a break. Back after this on WHB. We were just uh, talking about the defense, and again, Nate was ringing the bell early yesterday, and I love this guy, too. The Beast Pinnell. Don't you call him Mike. It's the Beast Pinnell, who was a beast. And I'm going to tell you what, I keep retweeting all this All-22 film. Leo Chanel yeah. whipped some ass. I'll, I'll say this. like I He blew up some plays. I like Leo Chanel as a, a role player on this team. Okay, um, I think there's some people that don't think I really like him as a player because I've made some comments about him. Why you son in space? He just doesn't move well laterally. Okay, so like the opening possession of that game, they had Christian McCaffrey. The the Niners found a way to get him one on one with Chanel in coverage. Okay, that is not his strength. Okay, and that's okay. That is absolutely okay because the stuff he does well is he causes a fumble like two plays later, um, and he's an absolute run stuffing defender and physical. And you go back and watch the tape of that game, like, he is around the ball all the time. And a lot of times it's not about making a tackle. It's about moving bodies. In He's very physical. And that's his strength on this team, right? Like, that is the strength on this team. Like, I was laughing when Tracy Wolfson put out the AFC Championship game against Buff- or uh, against Baltimore that he was going to be the spy, and I was like, no, he's not. <laughs> <'Cause>, like, <laughs> nope. that's, not that's not his strength. His strength is getting up in the line. He almost becomes an extra defensive lineman in the run stuff. Mike Pinnell was awesome, and let's give a ton of credit. I know he's had a lot of credit, but Steve Spagnolo Spags in this defense has put on so much and brought so much to this team over the last couple of years. He's embraced all these young guys. They've given him a lot of flexibility talent-wise because of that. But the Niners had to absolutely empty their bag of plays on Sunday, and you look at it, they end up with 22 points. But they had to use a double pass to score on one of those, you know, type of thing. Like, that's the thing. And the Chiefs played it fairly well. Um, but when you look at the overall job that Steve Spagnuolo has done, it's unbelievable. And this team would not have gotten to where they were this year without that defense and him, for sure. We all know that. Mark, thank you so much for the time. Thanks. Back to back. See you guys at the parade tomorrow. You're damn right you will. Let's do it. Shoot me a text. Let's, let's, let's link right, up. I'm supposed to be uh, broadcasting for Spectrum. Spectrum News. All right. I'll, on, be, on. I'll be off the air at 10 a.m. Sounds good. I'll be down there. I'm ready to body surf. Let's go. Uh, back after this on Sports Radio 810 WHP.